Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch, the third, coming to you live from the Palatial Home Studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California. Joining me in studio, as per the usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Hi, everybody. I love you all. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. Good evening or morning, my fellow <laughs> Bible inquisitors. I'm still going to post it up in the evening. Okay, so it's evening, but we're recording noon my time, 10 o'clock Pacific time. Yep. And we're just ready to be inquisitive with what the Bible has for us today. Yes. Although it's nighttime, it is we are strangely bathed in natural light. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll I'll go with that. <laughs> it's it's the glow of the Lord. <laughs> oh, if only it were him coming down, then we wouldn't finish the broadcast. That's true. Well, we might finish the broadcast, but we wouldn't post it. So <laughs> it would it would take divine intervention to get posted. That's true. Yes. So uh, was, I was watching uh, I was watching uh, a podcast uh, a broadcast the other day on YouTube, uh, the Beat with Alan Parr, and uh, he uh, started off saying, "Now, because Christians are going to be have been raptured by the time this becomes important." This is for my non-believing viewers. So if you happen to have happened upon this, then he goes on to describe points in Revelation. And, uh, wow. and this is okay. all predicted. So, <laughs> so maybe maybe we should do at one point we should do a uh, a podcast for the uh, for the non-believers to uh, to stumble upon uh, once we're all gone. Once we're all gone. Interesting idea. It wasn't aliens. <laughs> just alien well, to certain people's ways of thinking yep yep that is for sure well we've got a lot of material to go through today but first i think we have time for some rudy news everybody i just want to say love each other that's the biggest thing god wants us to do Yep. Well, we want to, he wants us to love him, right. but love Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but love each other. Sometimes I, 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 it's not for my honor, it's for God's honor. Say something nice to somebody and it's beautiful. So we should always look in to be nice. Uh, me, myself, I want everybody to know I'm Christian because, so I would never deny God. So I love you all. Remember, read your Bible. And remember, God loves us. Amen. Waka, waka, waka. Waka, 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 indeed. Yes. All right. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say, this is, today's uh, today's show is uh, totally approachable Bible study for all. I, I'm uh, supposed yes, to say Sam, that. We are starting with Psalm 70. Psalm 70. Yes, indeed. But, uh, but yeah, Rudy's right. Um, you know, we are called to do two things. And one is to love God, the Lord our God, with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love our neighbor. And secondly, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Which means you have to love yourself first. 
well, maybe after God, but uh, um, but you have to love your know how to love yourself in order to uh, be able to love others as yourself. So, uh, um, you know, definitely uh, got to learn uh, how to do that. Expounding just a little bit, you're absolutely right. It's yeah. if we don't love ourselves, we can't love others, and if we can't love others, we are not living properly in the Lord. That is correct. So we, we need do to do that. our best uh, in our lives and make the most out of the time we're given and uh, love ourselves so we can love others as ourselves. So, yes. So as to live our proper Christian life. So let's get into the material. Okay. As I said, Psalm 70. Yes, sir. Looking at some of the titles that are above the psalms we have to reference that it's not all from the bible it's what has been added as descriptors right and i don't know about you but i have some fun descriptors on the first couple tonight <laughs> yep. uh, on psalm 70 i have uh, one that is sort of interesting i hadn't seen in any others it says prayer for help against persecution for the have, choir director, mm -hmm. a psalm of David for a memorial. I didn't see that in the others oh. as I was going through them. So that for uh, as a memorial, it's there. Uh, well, I, I do have and, some very similar uh, ones in mind, uh, but go okay, ahead. Okay, good. Uh, let's see. I have in my study Bible that I'm currently using, it's a call for deliverance. Uh, for the director of David to bring remembrance. So I guess remembrance and memorial are, I don't know why mm. it didn't jump out at me that way earlier, but it didn't. Mm. And then the third one and last one for me is that Psalm 70 contains a prayer for deliverance. David then prays for, nope, that jumps ahead to another one. Ah. So <laughs> I don't want to do that. So it's for deliverance. Okay. Um, Let's see, the uh, the Amplified has, uh, much like your first one, uh, but it uh, says prayer for help against persecutors, not persecution. And uh, it says to bring to remembrance in, uh, in there. Um, let's see, the ESV, uh, English Standard says, Oh Lord, do not delay. And uh, uh, for the memorial offering. And then let's see here. Uh, the uh, the Berean standard says, "Hurry, O Lord, to help me," and then makes note of both Psalm 40 and Psalm 141. And uh, we'll get to why it mentioned Psalm 40. I couldn't figure out why it mentioned Psalm 141. Um, okay. But uh, um, let's see. And then the King James says, "Come quickly to help me, O Lord." and makes mention of Psalm 141 once again, Jeremiah 11 and Jeremiah 18. So uh, an interesting uh, an interesting set of, uh, of biblical notes. Perhaps uh, our viewer, our inquisitors can, uh, can help us figure out uh, why uh, all those verses were mentioned, all those chapters were mentioned, but uh, um, 
But yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting short one. The reason why Psalm 40 was mentioned by the Berean Standard is because it is almost, Psalm 70 is almost identical to Psalm 40. Um, there are a couple of uh, a couple of things missing in uh, um, uh, in uh, Psalm uh, in this Psalm as opposed to Psalm forty, um, but uh, 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 let's see, Psalm forty in verse two says together and to destroy it, to destroy uh, uh, my life. That is, and. Uh, um, uh, Psalm 40 in verse 4 says, uh, um, uh, let's see, and put to shame um, in verse 4, and, uh, and of course, uh, Psalm 70 verse 4 does not. Um, and then in verses 1 and 5, uh, the psalmist uses uh, the word God instead of Lord, Adonai. Um, so, uh, um, so some definite uh, differences, but uh, but pretty much, it's the same song. Okay. Did you have it? And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying to look up quickly, and I wasn't managing it. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, Psalm forty in particular, and seeing what the descriptors were. Uh, here it is. The reason why I couldn't find it, it's only one page back in my nightly nighttime uh, uh -huh. Bible reader. Let's see. It recalls past deliverances from the Lord and brought a new need for deliverance to him. So that would be 40. It doesn't mention in this particular one that it's a repetition of 70. But the ideas are certainly the same. Mm -hmm. Uh I don't know how to explain it. I really don't. How come they're so identical? But then again, have any of you listeners ever, uh, back in school especially, written down an idea for a school paper that you had to have, and then you set it aside, and then sometime later in school, you start writing, and it ends up being the same thing that you wrote the first time. <laughs> I've definitely uh, that, done that. That's, you know, that really does have a lot of possibility to it. Uh, it's it's pretty simple to write the same words over again. And because I've done it with sermons many a time, um, written something for a sermon, and then years later gone to the same scripture and started writing. And then I pulled the reference out and by golly, I already wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> I had already done it. You know, the same. Mm -hmm. It's really easier than you might think sure. to forget about how we said things. In my old age, which gets into 71, so I don't want to get too much on that, <laughs> uh, we find that you know we really do repeat things a lot. And I guess it's so that we can hear them for ourselves, make sure that where we're at. But I don't want to go into that one too much. What I do want to get into is verse one. And Bill, you made reference to the one word, hurry. My translation says, God, hurry to rescue me. Lord, hurry to help me. In my mind's eye, what I think of when I see this 
is when David was on one side of the mountain and Saul and his army were on the other side of the mountain <laughs> and they were playing ring around mm -hmm. the mountain. Saul was chase, being, you know, was chasing David, and I have no doubt David was saying, "Hurry up, Lord, <laughs> rescue this! <laughs> this going in circles isn't going to work." But that's the story that comes to my mind. Mm. Of course, that's in First Samuel, so I did not look up the reference point for it. But David is absolutely in a hurry, and he is uh, for rescue. Right. So he's really being hotly pursued. Whether it was actually by Saul. At this point, I don't know. What kind of boxes do you have on Psalm 70, Bill? Um, let's see. Um, oh, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, uh, strange things. Um, in Hebrew texts, uh, Psalm 70 verses 1 through 5 is actually numbered Psalm 70 verses 2 through 6. And there's no Ooh. reason given as to why. And that's in the, uh, that's mentioned in the, uh, uh, the NIV. It's probably because nobody wants to admit that somebody goofed. Right. <laughs> and the Bible is God's word. Yes, it is. I believe that fully. But people put it together. Right. And people can goof things up. Our youngest uh, grandson, Char no, 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 I'm sorry. It was our granddaughter, so our youngest granddaughter, Clara. Uh, I was watching her while mom and dad went to a class party for Charlie, mm -hmm. her, her brother. And at one point, we're, we're doing counting. And she was counting, and she got up and uh, to 27, 28, 29, 10. Oops. And so 29, 10 was her numbering for 30. <laughs> uh, which, of course, we know you can't work that through any way at all except in the mind of a four-year-old. Right. Uh, and maybe something, you know, just reached up and grabbed somebody and they missed a step on, on the numbering. But remember that these were very devout individuals who put chapters and verses mm -hmm. into all the scriptures. Yep. And they absolutely were doing the best job they could at the time, yeah. I believe, without fail. And they were doing it faithfully. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, but, but there is nothing man has put his hand to that has ever come out perfectly. And never will. Nope. We do have that. But David is absolutely desirous of being, get me out of this mess. Mm -hmm. I know I can't do it, Lord. So hurry and do it. Uh, yeah, verses 1 and verses 5 are inclusive. They surround the whole thing. But that's that's too technical for us. <laughs> we don't really need to look into those kind of depths of analysis of the Psalms. No. The Psalms should be read individually, and what does it say to you right now is what's important. Mm -hmm. 
And so we look at it and we give some ideas because sometimes it's like, well, what should I get out of this? This was Dave, David talking to God. Yeah. And we should talk to God in our own terms. And don't worry about those terms, although you should try to keep four-letter words out of it. <clears throat> if you get my drift. Helps a four-letter word. I know. <laughs> because we're told in Romans anyway that the Holy Spirit takes all of our feelings and our right. words and turns them into moan, moans and groans that are understandable to God in the way we intend them to be, even if we don't say it properly. Yep. And so the Psalms are David's approach to God. I mean, remember, he's telling, you know, telling and asking God to destroy his enemies, mm -hmm. uh, to utterly defeat them. And we are in the age of Christian love. And we don't want our enemies destroyed. We want them to see Christ in us and hopefully change their wicked ways. Yep. Although this one is a little different for David. He's not asking for them to be uh, to be destroyed. He's asking them to be ashamed, humiliated, turned back, and, uh, um, yeah. Disgraced and confounded in mind. Okay. And that's why I really think maybe it is David fleeing from Saul in this case. Because mm. David never was trying to kill Saul, right. never really asking for Saul to be destroyed. Uh, so that's why I put this envision with ring around the mountain. Yep. <laughs> All right. So if nothing further, let's nothing go further. on to Psalm 71. Okie doke. All right. This one really saddens me. It's prayer of an old man for deliverance. I have for rescue, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh, for an old man. Another one says, uh, God's help in old age. I like that one a whole lot better. <laughs> I don't know that. That old man thing is really something. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, it's God's help in old age. And let's see if I can find the other one semi quickly. Uh huh. <laughs> what happened? <clears throat> well, while you're looking that up, uh, the English Standard says, Forsake me not when my strength is spent. And Forsake me not. Okay. My strength is spent. Um, Brian Standard is be my rock of refuge. And the King James is in you, O Lord, I take refuge. Okay. My daily reading Bible did not have a specific reference huh. for Psalm 71, but my study Bible. Uh, God is good. It's actually not the descriptor. Uh, it says the author presents his ideas in Psalm 71 in a stair-step fashion. Okay. And then goes into some of the descriptors. Shall I do those? Sure. Okay. God is good to the psalmist, even though he has not yet rescued him. The, uh, the psalmist from the troubles, his enemies are 
causing him. And that's 71, 1 to 13. And then it's uh, the psalmist has full confidence in God and will praise him. That's 14 to 16. Mm -hmm. And let's see. Sorry, I didn't underline all of them. I should have. Okay. God is good to the psalmist, even though he's not yet rescued the psalmist from the troubles he's causing him. That's 17 to 21. And let's see, golly. The psalm, psalmist has full confidence in God and will praise him for he has begun the deliverance. And that's 22 to 24. Okay. David always seems to, for the most part, to start him in help. And by the end, recognizing this is a typical psalm that way. Mm -hmm. Because it does start, you know, rescue me. And yet he's talking about the deliverance. And David knows this psalm ends in future tense at mm -hmm. verse 22. Yeah. But I don't want to get there unless you, you know, do you have other things for Psalm 71 you want to bring out? Well, uh, let's see. Verse 1, uh, in you, O Lord, I have put my trust and confidently taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Uh, the Amplified says that, in other words, have my expectations in your goodness be disappointed. So let me never have my expectations in your goodness be disappointed. Hmm. So, um, and then, uh, and then the last, then the second one is in verse is in verse twenty. Um, let's see, you who have shown me many troubles and distresses, distresses. <laughs> um, another reading is us. You who have shown us many troubles and distresses. So kind of a royal we, I think. Mm, okay. That'll work. <clears throat> David is continually looking to God for deliverance. We as Christians today have had deliverance through the death and resurrection of Jesus. But we still have daily issues that come upon us, and it is all right for us to ask for God's help. I personally think that we should be doing it while recognizing that he has already delivered us eternally. There might be needs right now that we need to ask God for. Uh, and acknowledging that Jesus has already died for our sins, it's for the physical needs now we can ask that mm -hmm. i think but we should always be recognizing first because if we say god please deliver us it's like it could be it wouldn't ever be that way but in my thinking it's like well yeah i already did that no problem and god's going to move on to somebody else's problem instead of us being specific and we should be specific uh and we have to work at being specific in prayer. What comes to mind is, I pray for all the missionaries in the world. Well, that's a nice general thought. But there are missionaries who are not Christian out there. And it's better to be 
you know, able to focus our prayers uh, and say what it is that is really on our minds at the time, being as specific as we can, uh, being more specific for Christian missionaries in Uganda mm -hmm. is better than just saying missionaries in Africa. You know, Africa is a big place. Yep. If you and your church happen to be supporting missionaries, you should pray for them individually, regularly. And the deliverance for them, as well as for ourselves in our own situations, should be foremost in our minds. Yeah. Now, I don't want to get into preaching on this psalm. <laughs> so... What other boxes do you have? Uh, well, um, it turns out that there's some disagreement uh, between uh, uh, between different collectors um, as to who wrote this one. Um, the let's see, according to Ellicott, uh, the Palestinian collectors of Israel found no traditional inscription to the psalm and left it without conjecture of its authorship. Okay. <laughs> Very British. But in Alexandria, it's attributed to David. But it has some connection with the son of Jonadab and the first exiles. So, uh, um, yeah, to, uh, let's see. So he says, together with the resemblance between this psalm and Jeremiah's writings has led many critics to ascribe it to that prophet. A conjecture also borne out by the fact that it is, in great part, an adaptation of other psalms, chiefly 22, 31, 35, and 40, since such dependence on older writings is a prominent feature in Jeremiah. Um, so, it could be a bunch of people. <laughs> it could be. And that's what that's why sometimes it's fun to uh, to do a more critical analysis is you get to find out all of these little bits and pieces of things and and you get these little questions and queries of who who did this and who did that and uh, and also uh, so I definitely recommend uh, deeper study into uh, into all of the Bible and. Uh, um, yeah, so that you can uh, learn these things for yourself. That is not a bad idea, as long as you don't get overwhelmed by, well, who's right? Right. Because the answer is, you are the one who's right in the Holy Spirit. Yep. When you're within the Holy right. Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Okay, shall I do my 22 to 24 yes, reference? Please. Okay. David is looking at future tense now. Or the writer, if you prefer, <laughs> is looking in the future tense, mm -hmm. confident that God is going to provide the victory and the safety. Because it says, therefore, I will praise you with the harp. I will sing to you with the lyre. These are future tense showing that, sure, he's in need at the beginning of the psalm, but he's going to end the psalm with the fact that he knows God's going to deliver him. And so he can see beyond his current troubles. Mm -hmm. uh, 
that is so important for us to see through many of the Psalms. Start on the difficult side, work through even critical, like number 70. Right. You know, the critically in trouble, but still giving glory to God and the fact that God will rescue them. And so we see the progression of the Psalms, always trusting in the Lord, which is what we should do daily, is trust in the Lord for everything that goes on around us. And so that's the way this one ends. Right. Um, you know, I also want to note um, that 22 through 24 um, is not dependent on any deliverance. It doesn't say, I will also praise you with the harp after you deliver me. But it does, it kind of implies that he, that he's faithful, that God will deliver him. But he's going to be praising uh, God regardless of what happens. Because it's not yeah. dependent. Um, so we're, we're back to, uh, we're back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> Their level of Their trust, level that's of trust. for sure. In the Lord. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether God decides to do it or not, we're still staying with him. Yep. And so should we. Indeed. Well, shall we move on to Psalm 72? Let us move on. All right. The reign of the righteous king. A Psalm of Solomon. Yes. I believe this is uh, our first uh, reference, uh, definite reference to a different author other than David. Correct. Well, it's certainly very obvious for Solomon himself. Yes. How's that? <laughs> um, I have a prayer for the king uh, of Psalm of Solomon which makes sense and stays close. And then I have from my daily reading when Solomon prayed that his reign would be characterized by righteousness. And that's one through four. And then peace, five through seven. Power is eight through 11. Compassion is 12 to 14. And prosperity, 15 to 17. Okay. Uh, which really divides it down into, into sections on that yep. one. Uh, and that was from my daily one, not just from the study Bible. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I also got? have the reign of the righteous king and uh, a psalm of Solomon. Um, the English standard, uh, give the king your justice. Um, the Berean Standard, uh, endow the king with your justice, and references to 1 Kings 3, 2 Chronicles 1, and Psalm 45. Um, and then uh, the King James, give the king your justice, um, also referencing 1 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and Psalm 45. Good. Even though it's a repetition of, even if it is, it's like, was Solomon reading some of Daddy's writings? <laughs> Could be. Uh, and <clears throat> again, that's certainly perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. 
being able to show, you know, that my faithfulness leads me to read scriptures in this case. Our faithfulness leads us to read scriptures. Eileen and I are able to do it daily. We do it at night and we get through the whole Bible every year from Genesis through Revelation. Started to say through January through December, but from Genesis through Revelations, we managed to do that. Do we get it done every night? No, some nights we get home or wherever and we are so tired we say okay let's read in the morning most people i think actually do read uh their bibles in the morning or other devotional books because often we see uh the reference to what can you do today this day for the lord that's okay if we read it at night that way because in biblical hebrew tradition the day starts at sundown so we're still all right doing it that way uh, but a lot of people read in the morning i am not a morning person uh, if i could stay in bed till noon i would but uh no this show is not helping me do that so there because <laughs> it's noon time we started today yeah. But still, it's to me, it is Solomon praying that his kingdom, his reign as king will be righteous and that he will be doing things God's way. Unfortunately, Solomon didn't stay that way. No. Started out strong, but he didn't end that way. No. Uh, and that's a sad thing, a reality that we as Christians need to hold on to our faith throughout our lifetimes. Remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> you know, that I really do like that, that descriptor, and I keep forgetting to use it. Mm. It is indeed a marathon. Yeah. All right. Um, Bill, what do you got on Well, uh, it, I've got some interesting stuff from Ellicott again. Of course, he's got to be the, uh, the, the fuddy-duddy. Um, Let's see, he uh, um, says that uh, uh, the these verses read rather like the hope of one who had seen the nation sunk in distress and who hailed the advent of a young prince as bearing promise of restoration and renewal of power and glory. Uh, basically, he's, he said, it's probably Solomon, but maybe not. Here's a couple of other suggestions. Um, Josiah has been suggested and uh as has been ptolemy philadelphus by a couple of uh by a couple of uh of critics um now i can't tell our audience who ptolemy was but <laughs> josiah was the last great king of uh is not israel but of judea and it is described in the bible that he was so faithful to God that he's even surpassed the examples of David. That, that's an interesting point mm -hmm. there. Uh, but it helps to understand where, you know, if we're going to make references, let's make references that people can understand. 
So that's who Josiah. Uh, Ptolemy Philadelphus. Yeah, anything on Ptolemy? Tol so you Ptolemy can... Philadelphus was is also known as Ptolemy the Great. Uh, he was the uh, pharaoh of uh, of Egypt from 284 to 246 BC. He was the son of Ptolemy the First, the Macedonian Greek general of Alexander the Great, who founded the Ptolemaic Kingdom after the death of uh, um, of Alexander. And uh, wow. Yeah. Um, so there have been some uh, some critics, some uh, some theologians who think that uh, that a Ptolemy wrote one of the Psalms. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, I think that's preaching way too. I, I think so too. I think so too. But uh, uh, but he has he has references for that one. Um, but uh, yeah. his view uh, is that uh, the psalm uh, seems to be messianic, descriptive of the peace and plenty and power anticipated under a prince as yet unborn and unknown who was to come of David's line to restore the ancient glory of the theocracy. Wow. I didn't get that at all. Okay. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. You know, it's also possible, and of course I'm going to stick with it because, that it is Solomon. Mm -hmm. And it also shows that Solomon's faith is not nearly as strong as David's faith. Right. What jumps out at me in particular right now is verse 15. What do you have for the first four words? Ben? So may he live and, oh, so may he live. That's the first four words. And mine says, may he live long. Mm. It's a reference to God as near as I can tell. And Solomon isn't seeing, you know, the idea that God could die is totally outside my desire of comprehension. Yes. Yeah, that's God lives outside of time. He created time. Um, he is without beginning, God is not without dead. end. Yes. And to be able to look and say, okay, Solomon's not quite there yet. Nope. He doesn't believe that God's going, you know, that is eternal. Therefore, there is no eternity for him. We do know that in Solomon's writings, he does get to a point mm -hmm. of literally beginning to teach about Jesus. But I don't see it in this psalm, but maybe I'm missing something. Okay. Uh, so for me, it's Solomon. Uh, I'm not going to go outside of Hebrew writers. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense right. for me. Uh, that it could be, uh, it's still remote because when you look at Josiah, he was successful in everything he did right up to the time he got killed. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, I don't see that he would be, you know, searching for God uh, in that kind of mm -hmm. understanding. Right. What kind of other boxes um, do you have? Well, I've got uh, got one. I was watching uh, watching a thing the other day on uh, um, on King Solomon's mind that was going through and where not watching the movie King Solomon's Mind. That, oh. That's a completely different thing. Oh, thank goodness. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, um, but trying to figure out where Solomon's gold would have come from. 
and uh, um, and verse 15 reminded me of that because it's made the gold of Sheba be given to him. Of course, uh, um, you know, both uh, both in the Bible and outside the Bible, we know that uh, that he that Solomon met the queen of Sheba and uh, legend has it that they had a an intimate relationship that mm-hmm. resulted in a child in a son but uh, um that uh, um, it's entirely possible that solomon's riches his gold actually came from sheba um that and that those mines may still produce if they can be unearthed um, because uh, um, currently Ethiopians uh, living in that region are pulling out high-quality gold from uh, um, from uh, from small pits near uh, near a river in that particular region. Wow! And uh, yeah, um, so uh, so yeah, so one of the poorest countries on earth could actually be one of the wealthiest if they uh, if they can get uh, get back into those mines. But uh, um, but yeah, that may be where uh, where King Solomon's gold uh, came from, which uh, was six hundred and some odd uh, talents of gold a year. What did he? David, if I remember I'm right. sorry. Solomon received six hundred and sixty-six talents of gold every year, and believe me, I would love to take that into a study. Um, <laughs> yes, because the number 666 in Revelation, I wonder if it doesn't literally refer back to the amount of gold Solomon received every year, and therefore it goes to the fact that it's the earthly wealth is the reference that people take for themselves. Uh, And it's marked by that number. Because those are the only two times 666 appears in Scripture, is Revelation and in the yearly tributes to Solomon in gold. And with all the different numbering systems there. Okay, what else do you have on 72, Bill? That's it. Um, Oh, wait, uh, let's see. 72.16, let's see, verse 16 um there will be an abundance of grain in the soil on the top of the mountains and uh the amplified makes a note to say that that is the most barren part of the land is the top of the mountains because of course the rain hits there first and washes off all the fertile soil yep so uh so even the most barren parts of the land will uh will be will grow in abundance now that's a very good out, outside reference to bring up yeah. I want us to get to the last verse of this song. Yes, we can. Because, lo and behold, it says, the prayers of David, son of Jesse, are concluded. Mm-hmm. But this psalm is attributed to Solomon. The grandson of Jesse. Yes. Um. I think maybe this an added verse. Okay. Um, meaning not an added verse. I'm sorry. It's labeled as a verse, but it should be a subtitle just like the beginning of every other song hmm. is what I would rather say. 
but it's okay. it's a subnote, not part of the scripture itself, because 72 is a psalm of Solomon. And this last verse talks about the conclusion of David's psalms. We're also now at the end of book two. Psalms are divided up into five books. All 150 of them are divided into five parts. Uh, and so I think that maybe this was one of those efforts by people, someone, to say, all right, well, this book of the psalm is over. And not really giving it a verse number would be from the guys in the 11 and 1380 section who divided them all up then. Mm -hmm. This was probably done by one of the Hebrew writers trying to designate the end of one book and the beginning of the next book of Psalms. Mm -hmm. So it's there. It's. I think it seriously should not be a verse. It should be a subtitle uh, or subtopic ending to show that they're going on to another book of Psalms. See, now I was thinking that this was um, that this was uh, uh, an indication of the timing of the uh, of the writing of this particular psalm. That, uh, that Solomon was writing it on the occasion of the death of his father. As, and him assuming the position. And him king. assuming the throne. The yeah. full position. They're, full they position. were, right, right. Mm, pardon me, they were co-kings at, right. for a while. We don't know how many years it was, but it was. But when David had become weakened and had to, I, uh, had to have somebody keep his body warm. <laughs> Let's not get into that topic at the moment, but yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I really don't believe that is part of Psalm 72. I believe okay. it should be a subtopic showing the completeness of that book of Psalms. And I don't think it was done. I think it was originally done by the Jewish writers compiling the five books okay. okay how are we doing time wise uh we are pretty good let me uh let me double check it here see we're at 46 minutes so uh so yeah so we've got a we've got a good uh, 10 minutes left we could do well, uh, we could do one more i think all right well then we will get into book three of Psalms, which is Psalm 73 through 89. Uh, mine starts out, God's ways vindicated, a Psalm of Asaph. And in another one, it's the end of the wicked contrasted with that of the righteous, a Psalm of Asaph. So there's quite a bit uh, of difference in the descriptors on that. And let's see if I can get to the other one nicely. Come on, chaplain, this is 73. All right. The psalmist noticed that the wicked seem to prosper on earth, but acknowledged that the their ultimate end is destruction. 
The righteous, by contrast, have a glorious destiny ahead. So, what do you have as descriptors for Psalm 73, Paul? Well, um, I've got, of course, it uh, starts off as book three, um, but uh, the Amplified has uh, the end of the wicked contrasted with that of the righteous. Uh, let's see. Um, the ESV uh, says, God is my strength and portion forever. The, uh, uh, the BSB says, surely God is good to Israel. And uh, I don't know who surely is. Um, <laughs> sorry. Mine is indeed good. <laughs> ah, okay. And the King James uh, uh, version is the same. Um, and uh, for those who don't know, there are actually three Old Testament Asaphs, um, but uh, only one of whom is uh, uh, attributed to be the author of some of the Psalms. Um, Psalm 50 and 73 to 83. Uh, he was one of David's three chief musicians, the other two being Heman and Ethan or Jeduthun, uh, who we've heard uh, before. And uh, let's see, the first time we hear of him is when the ark is taken to Jerusalem in 1 Chronicles 15. Okay. So, That's helpful stuff. Yep. I thought it was helpful. Anyway, good to know who these people are. <laughs> I like the way this psalm starts out. Mm -hmm. Verse 2 in particular, because it's something that we can all be aware of in our own lives. I mean, Psalm 1, or verse 1, God is indeed good to Israel, to the pure in heart. That's absolutely great in itself verse two but as for me my feet almost slipped my steps nearly went astray for i envied the arrogant i saw the prosperity of the wicked he's admitting that you know he was tempted by things yeah. but he's also saying that i almost did not that i got there you know, we get tempted all the time. It's pulling ourselves back to our Christian faith that keeps us going forward. And when we do slip, we ask God forgiveness and we get to do things properly from then that day forward again. But it's so refreshing to see that people are saying, I almost did, but I didn't. Right. And that's true of the overall feeling from Psalm 73 for me. And yes, certainly an arrogant person could flatter themselves by saying, I almost did that, but I didn't. And they really did. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, and that's sad to have that happen. Mm -hmm. Sorry, did I get loud on that no, one? No, no, it's okay. Okay. Uh, take it away from me. Yeah. Um, let's see. Got a couple of, uh, of notes in here. Um, the ESV in uh, verse 10, uh, therefore his people turn back to them and find no fault in them, uh, says it's a probable reading. Uh, the Hebrew literal uh, is the waters of a full cup are drained by them. Um, 
and uh, so uh, an interesting literal translation that uh, um, that comes up. Uh, I didn't look to see what it says in Young's literal on verse 10. Uh, Therefore do his people return hither, and waters of fullness are wrung out to them. So that's the, the literal, uh, the Young's literal anyway. Um, let's see, and then in t- verse 26 in the ESV, uh, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Um, the uh, Hebrew uh, that's translated strength is uh, actually rock. Uh, so God is the rock of my heart and my portion forever. Of course, rocks and mountains are usually uh, symbolic of strength, and that's why that translation would be uh, would be given there. Um, let's see. The BSB has a literal translation for verse 7. From their prosperity proceeds iniquity. Um, and uh, literally, their eye bulges with fatness. <laughs> um, the Syriac version uh, says, from their callous heart proceeds iniquity. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see, where was that? Oh, and then in the NIV, verse 4, um, verse 4, verse 4. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Uh, there goes Scooby Coffin. Time for his medicine. Almost time for his medicine. Uh, with a different word for division of the Hebrew, uh, the Masoretic text struggles at their death. Their bodies are healthy. So it depends on where you divide up the uh, the text, because of course what we need to remember is that the original uh, scrolls had neither punctuation nor spaces between words. Yeah, and so that's why sometimes you can come up with two completely different uh, sayings in uh, in the Bible. Um, let's see, verse. Oh, okay, that, that's just the thing. Um, oh, and then uh, the NIV says that verse 10 is just an un, it's an uncertain meaning um that uh, the meaning for, of the hebrew for this verse is uncertain and that's the one where they uh, where they drink up the uh, the water so uh therefore yeah, the people turn to them and drink up water is, in abundance yeah you know, who was the reference on that one bill that's the niv um Okay, not not anything from Hebrew itself. No. Okay. It's just that, uh, yeah. So they're saying that they're not entirely sure what this means. There might be a, uh, a turn of, uh, uh, what's it called when you uh, turn a phrase? Um, idiom. It may be a Hebrew idiom, idiom for okay. something that we're just not familiar with. And it may not be, too, because if you look at the history of Israel. Right. It's the fact that they definitely turned away from God and turned toward the bad folks and were trying to drink the same luxurious living uh, and misconduct, sinning, in other words, that uh, other people were doing. Because mine reads for verse 10, therefore his people turned to them, meaning the arrogant and the haughty and Mm -hmm. the wicked. And drink in their overflowing words. They okay. said, let's be like other people. I mean, Israel 
declared when they had judges that they didn't want judges. They wanted an earthly king uh, like other nations. They mm -hmm. wanted to be like other nations. And sure enough, that's referenced here in verse 10. I mean, these first 12 verses, sorry, 2 through 12, are all describing how the arrogant mm -hmm. and the wicked were looking good. Right. They were in, they were fattened cows. They were filling themselves up. They were enjoying life at the expense of everybody else. And it says in verse 10 that we're like them. Yeah. Israel was like them for sure. The southern kingdom was too, but the northern kingdom of Israel definitely tried doing that. Yeah. Conquering neighbors, keeping neighbors conquered. Uh, also, they could just keep gathering wealth to themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and also uh, doing what's, what was wicked in God's sight, uh, worshiping uh, yep. the Ashtoreths and the Molechs and, and uh, the Baals and all that. Mm -hmm. But the author, Asaph, on this one in verse 13, uh, begins the other side of the coin. Right. And he asks, did I wash my hands of all that for nothing? Did I repent for all that for nothing? Uh, and goes on that yeah. he's being hurt. He's not being fed. He's in pain. Uh, and then he starts getting into God, putting the wicked in slippery places after all. Uh, they're going to be short-lived mm -hmm. and literally short-lived life, lived life. <laughs> they're not going to do well after time on earth is done. Right. And maybe even before that. Uh, we often look at, you know, how Babylon was so terrible to Judah. Mm -hmm. And that's true without any doubt. But there's very little that says how bad the Babylonians were destroyed by the Medes and the Persians mm -hmm. when they took over there. Right. That's just not even in, in, in the Bible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just one day they have a Babylonian king and the next day they have another one. <laughs> uh, it was really, I'm sure, a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is uh, why it's good we have other histories and archaeology and all that to uh, to teach us uh, the things that aren't in. Because not everything that happened is in the Bible. <laughs> right. You know? The Bible is not in all-inclusive. No. But I still stand by the Bible is the Word of God. Yes. It's not doesn't just hold the Word of God okay. <clears throat> or contain the Word of God. It is the word of God. Um, again, Asaph goes on through with references to his feelings and emotions. And that's important for us to look at them and say, oh, I'm not the first person with these feelings. Right. And their examples and the answers are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so we need to see them. Yeah. I like, uh, um, I really do like verse 28, the concluding verse uh, to this uh, psalm. But as for okay. me, it is good to, for me to draw near to God. 
I have made the Lord God my refuge and placed my trust in him that I may tell of all your works. Yes. My translation, the first stanza, mm -hmm. says, But as for me, God's presence is my good. Okay. I like that. Uh, it's, it's really a different way of saying things. Mm -hmm. But God's presence is my good. Everything good for me is because God is there. Mm -hmm. And then very not positively, I've made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all you do. Is the way mine finishes off. Uh, and we should all be telling people the good God has done for us. We can talk about the things that we were doing wrong before in a light reference, but God pulled me out of all that, and I am for the Lord now, mm -hmm. and I will be eternally, because as Christians, we have eternity before us. Indeed. And hopefully we will lead others to that same great position of thought. Yep. Oh, all sure. right. And we done are, show, we are done with the show. That's right. We have come to the end of another episode, which means a, uh, uh, a quick uh, foray into this thing we call the sinner's prayer. So, uh, gentle inquisitor, if you have come this far with us, perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family we call Christianity. We don't do this with sacrifice because that's been taken care of once and for all by, uh, by Jesus on the cross. And his resurrection from the dead. Um, we don't uh, use magical spells or mystical ceremonies because, uh, you know, that just isn't how we roll. Um, you know, in fact, uh, the sinner's prayer is not a magic spell that automatically gets you into heaven. Um, it must also be followed by uh, by uh, trueness of heart. Um, you must truly believe in Jesus and turn your life over to him, um, as we say in the, uh, in the prayer itself. Um, and we know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so whether you've been a believer for a second or a century, you're in need of a realignment with, of your heart to, uh, to be aligned with that of the Lord's. And so we invite you to say with us the sinner's prayer and, uh, We'll do this all together. So, dear Lord, dear I am Lord, a sinner. I am a sinner. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Cleanse me of my wickedness. Show me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Show me how to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and, and strength. And teach me how to love my neighbor as myself. And teach me how to love my neighbor as myself. Guide my steps along the path you would have me take. Continue guiding my steps along the path you have for me. And help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom. And help me to continue doing the work you have for me. Come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life. Remain in my heart being my Lord and Savior. All these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.
all these things we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen, indeed. And since this is Tuesday, that means uh, that you might be able to find opportunities to, for your next steps as uh, along the narrow path as a Christian. Um, well, in, in your local Bible-believing church, because a lot of them do midweek services, like Bible studies and, uh, and uh, Vespers and, and whatnot, depending on how old school they are. Um, so uh, go out and find yourself a Bible-believing church with a midweek service and uh, fellowship with your fellow believers so that you can find out what to do next, because that's what's important. Absolutely. That is constantly what's important is what your next step is and uh um and then of course uh, the other thing to do would be to join us for the rest of our shows now on thursdays we have uh, a fun little show i call not quite after midnight which uh um uh which is just a it's a fun little uh, interview slash uh round table show if you will and this week we'll be having on uh, once again a second biter, Erica Ann, uh, singer-songwriter, and uh, we'll also have J.P. McLean, um, who is an author. Um, we'll kind of be continuing our uh, our thriller uh, uh, series uh, surrounding uh, um, surrounding uh, what was it called? Uh, Halloween. Uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, and so yes, uh, we forgot to say Happy All Saints Day. That's right, so Happy All Saints Day. Day. Happy Happy All Saints Day, Saint. Thank you, you Saint go. Bernard. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, be sure to join us for that. It should be an interesting conversation. Uh, I, I know Erica from my uh, from my networking meeting, and we just did a. Uh, a one-to-one -one, uh, interview uh, just this last week, and so uh, um, so if you missed that, uh, go back over to Not Quite After Midnight and uh, scroll down the page, and you'll find it pretty easily. Um, and then uh, on Saturday, we'll once again be YWL Online's Anything Can Happen Saturday, where we will be continuing our journey through the uh, 52 greatest chapters of the Bible. Bible, Bible. But of course, this time, the, like uh, Dr. Barnett's done to us before, <laughs> it's not a single chapter. It is, in fact, Galatians 1 and 2, uh, justified by faith, not law, um, which sounds pretty great, sounds pretty important. Um, and so, uh, so definitely read Galatians 1 and 2 before we get to Saturday so you can participate in the conversation. Um, let's see, and then uh, as for a week from tonight, we will be starting from Psalm 74, and uh, so read 74 through 78, and uh, inclusive, and uh, so that uh, we can get our five uh, Psalms in. We did, we did a lot better today than we, than we have the last couple of weeks. Yes, we have. <laughs> So, uh, um, so definitely, uh, but there's always more than we can do in a simple hour. Um, so, uh, read, uh, read the Bible, read some commentaries, uh, some, some legitimate commentaries from, uh, from well-respected, uh, theologians. 
and uh, get yourself a study Bible and uh, and get to studying, get to learning the deeper uh, deeper things, and uh, um, and also uh, or explore some of the Bible apps which have yes those type of commentaries within them also. Yes, indeed. I do not do real well with those, by the way, but have to say that they are a possibility. Yes, U version. You tech savvy folks. U version is is very easy to use. And switch between versions, um, and uh, uh, I like. Uh, I also like Bible Hub. They have a lot of resources. Um, one thing I like about Bible Hub is that it allows you to go verse by verse in different ver parallel versions of the uh, of the Bible. Um, I think there's about twenty of them, and then also uh, to read the commentary parallel to uh, to the uh, particular verses. Um, and then, of course, there is Bible Gateway, which is very popular. And uh, um, so, uh, so yeah, so definitely there, there's plenty of resources available for you. Um, let's see. And then that is it. So I think uh, other than that, is there anything else uh, you find, gentlemen, want to say to the nice people? I truly love you all. And please follow God and love God. Don't go by just what people say. Follow God and love him because mm -hmm. he knows if you do. I love him. Bill loves him. Pastor loves him. Yep. Pastor Eileen loves him. Mrs. Uh, uh, producer Eileen. So love him, please. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> and God's blessing from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Yes, and God's blessings from Santa Ana, California. Be safe out there. Remember to wash your hands and stay tuned for the ending credits. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spot Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes, you're right. If you feel so led, uh, support the show. Head over to Patreon.com and uh, find us as Bald Spots Pro. That's the production company. And uh, don't miss Not Quite After Midnight. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever fine podcasts are served. Please be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do to stay informed and, uh, you know, help, uh, help us kick that algorithm into gear so that uh, we can reach more people because that's the point of all this. Thanks again for tuning in and have a wonderful whenever.